Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Welcome back once again to the Bread and Circuses podcast. How you doing, Crow? Hello. I am Rooster, here with, as I mentioned, Crow. Hello. <laughs> and and I'm here with Crow. Hi again. How you what's doing, a, Crow? What's happening? There's, there's a lot to get to, but... Uh, the news almost comes too fast. For yeah, us that's the thing. We, we're talking about it, and it's like, we just, like, we're sitting down to prepare the show here, and we're, like, looking stuff up just to kind of cement what we're going to talk about and there's like one two three four new sh- stories we, we just now heard about we're like i'm getting we're getting overwhelmed with yeah all the- i mean normally we have a whiteboard that we put topics up on there and today the whiteboard is blank but we, we have plenty of stuff to get yeah. to um we're gonna start with the dreaded i hate to i hate to get to it but we have to at least talk about it the whole impeachment deal yeah and how this is just, I mean, in my mind, it's falling apart for Democrats. And I've had a couple arguments with liberal friends of mine, and they say, one of them said, well, you know, you got to admit there's some shady shit that went on here. And I said, well, it's fucking Washington, D.C. Yeah. I mean, the whole town runs Par on shady shit. You know, like in the Ghostbusters movie, I hope I'm not ruining this for anybody, there's a river of slime underneath the city. There's a river of shady shit under Washington. I mean, there's a reason that these... Senators and congressmen who make, you know, around 200000 bucks a year can live in a place that is one of the most expensive places to live in the country. I mean, like the six or seven counties around Washington, D.C. are the most expensive ones. You can't, you can't just move there and live there. And that's where they're fine, yeah. you know? And even if you say, well, they get some perks and they get – yeah, but to make up for basically making two hundred k in a town like that? Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Um, but so – uh, there was, I'll admit there was a moment when, uh, I thought they might've had Trump when Sondland was talking and he said, well, there's definitely, there was definitely quid pro quo. And, uh, so they did all of their testimony and everything and they took a break and the Democrats ran outside and they were basically telling CNN, ha, ah, we got him. See, even Sondland said it. So then they, nobody waited for cross-examination, at which point they absolutely kicked the shit out of Sondland yeah. in cross-examination. I mean, they had I, – I wish I had it here in front of me. The, um, I, I want to say the representative's last name is Masters, but I don't – I'm like 5% sure of really that. Quick here. He was the one who cross-examined him and he said, so you didn't hear from Trump anything about a quid pro quo? He goes, no. And he goes, so you realize that they went outside and they're, they're basically telling the world that that's what you're saying. He goes, well, I said all along that that was my perceived uh, – uh, view of it and he goes so you never heard it from anyone he goes well i think i testify he goes answer the question it's like god uh, no i haven't yeah so uh, he had no reason to be there every one of those people was a freaking hearsay witness even the holmes guy who said well i overheard the conversation did you see what cuomo did with this so holmes testified that he overheard the conversation uh that was not on speakerphone but he could hear the other end of it in a restaurant. And uh, so Cuomo and Trump goes on Twitter and says, that's not possible. I've got great hearing. I've got excellent hearing. 
the best ever. It's tremendous. Yeah, that's a terrible Trump impression. That wasn't bad, actually. I don't. It sounds terrible in my head. Uh, anyway, he said uh, he's never been able to hit in all his years of doing that. Well, Cuomo goes, yeah, you can. Watch. And he's got his whole panel on his show. And he has Dana Bash sitting next to him. He calls his mom. And this is on, like, a live feed. Puts it on TV and goes, Mom, you there? And Dana Bash is, like, leaning in. And he goes, Mom, we we can't hear you. Mom. <laughs> and the whole panel is, like, going, I, I can't hear anything. I mean, it was just stupid. Yeah. And every one of these witnesses was testifying to the fact that they heard someone else say something. And so it's this circle jerk of, well, that guy said there was a quid pro quo. And they're like, but I heard it from that guy who heard it from this guy who heard it. nobody heard it anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, they'll say if you look at the transcript of the call, which I'm not going to run through here because it's boring. All Trump says is I want a favor. And that's where the these Democrat friends of mine will say, aha, see, there it is, because, you know, he was holding up the aid. Well, the president of Belarus at the, or not Belarus, um, Ukraine at the time says he didn't know it was held up. In that conversation. Right. And uh, even if they had, they got the they got the aid later. He said, I didn't feel like I was being bullied or intimidated or. Right. Trump just asked him to look into it. And they say, well, you know, that's that's the implied thing right there. It's just stupid. You can't. There's no point in there where he says, I need this from you or else. And they'll right. go, well, just because he didn't say it doesn't mean he didn't mean it. But you're you're you're. You can't get convicted for thought crime. Right. For what somebody uh, is uh, assuming. They're all just making assumptions. You can't. You can't base any. It's all based on assumptions. Well, they're assuming that that's what he was doing because that's how the game is played, right? That's yeah. That's how politics are done. And, and we got him because we know that that's how things are done. So we're going to get him because we, 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 can, we can figure out how he's going to respond to a certain situation. and we can. But no, it's Trump. You can't because he, he's kind of wily. He kind of knows. Well, and on, I think it was the second to last day, and I, again, I don't have, because we're just doing our show prep going through this shit, like, holy cow, this is coming yeah. so fast. There was the undersecretary that testified second to last day, I believe, and they said, do we hold up uh, um, any aid for other countries? For He goes, yeah, there's conditions. And they said, uh, as a matter of fact, were we holding up for Pakistan at the same time? Yes. Why? Well, they weren't dealing with the Taliban well enough. Okay. And he just starts naming off all these countries. Whoever was cross-examining him says, yeah, we hold it up for lots of reasons like that. And they say, well, the only reason Trump wanted to hold it up was because he was investigating Joe Biden. Yeah, because he wanted to harm a political rival. That's that's their line. It has nothing to do with Joe Biden directly and everything to do with him indirectly. Yeah, just and corruption in general. It's over just there. corruption in general. And the president is actually required by law to not send aid to countries that are corrupt when he knows they are. Right. And based on this testimony, all I'm hearing is how shitty the Ukraine was run for so long. Why are we giving those people any money? Right. And why is uh, why is uh, Biden's son over there making big money, not knowing anything about the region, not knowing anything about gas, not knowing anything about fucking anything? Well, by his own admission. Right. He got interviewed by ABC, I think it was, and they're like, you know, do you have any experience? No. Do you no. know why you got the job? Well, I don't know. They have something do to do, do you with think maybe it's because your father is, uh, was vice president? Probably. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> just, you got to believe they're just sitting there going, oh my God. You think you might be kind of a big dumb dummy? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I heard he got I, – I knew he was in the military. I heard he got kicked out of the Navy. Kicked out. Yeah. When your dad's the vice president, you got kicked out of the Navy? Yeah. Ugh. Now, another thing about these – just when you get more and more involved in, like, the, the swamp aspect of Washington – is so disheartening, and you hear about all these people in their different positions. Like even Sondland, Ambassador Sondland. You know how he got to be a, an ambassador? Did he fuck Kamala Harris? <laughs> nope, that's a good, uh, a good guess. Uh, educated, good educated guess. Because uh, nope. it sounds like everybody else did. I guess he was a very big donor to the Trump campaign, or some some not campaign. The uh, what do you call it? The uh, election. Ball, what what is it? The inauguration. Oh, ball. inauguration. So ball. he was like a big contributor to that, and and now he's that. That's why he's an ambassador. I think a lot of ambassadors get their jobs that way. Yeah, that, that's what they say. They said no, and and that's the thing. Nobody's even bringing it up or saying anything about it, even though it sounds like that sounds really bad to me. So, but I they have, say no. That's how it's done. I have some friends who worked on the um, uh, Arnie Carlson, Governor Arnie Carlson uh, campaign. So this is back in the nineties when he won governor of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was like. If you worked on the campaign and you did all this stuff, I mean, they start handing out jobs to people in the uh, in the government when they win. And ambassadorships, is that, is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. I think those get handed out to people all the time for being big contributors. Now, I'm sure you have to have some qualifications. I mean, Sondland's the ambassador to the EU, so he's not a big dumb dummy. Right. But – he sure did. Uh, I mean, he seemed like a likable, affable guy when they were interviewing him. Right. But I think they're just – some of these ambassadors are just kind of toadies. Yeah. And who was the the woman who was the ambassador to the Ukraine? She just seemed so offended that she got fired. Yeah. Can you believe he just he just fired me? I wasn't doing a bad job. Well, fuck you. You don't get to decide. Well, yeah, exactly. He, you don't, you he, don't decide how, what a job you, you serve, do. Your boss decides what kind you of job you do. You serve at the will of the president. Oh, it's, what if an the president that goes, is. that ambassador to France is a fuck up. Get rid of him. You know, then they well, get rid of you. And isn't she the one that the uh, there's conversation between Trump and, and the guy in Ukraine where they talked about her directly and she was offended about that. But the thing is, the Trump said, yeah, she's bad news. And he's like, oh, I'm glad somebody said that because she was on the former president's, you know, side in the elections that came. You know, that guy is corrupt as shit, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, and, not, and she still kind of treats me as if she, you know, she doesn't, she's not on my side. Well, they, it's and like, well, I, then, then I can see why you know you might not want to have that ambassador there, depending on what how you how you want them to conduct their, you know their, whatever the fuck they do schmoozing. And I can't remember what. Uh, well, I think these ambassadors just basically reiterate American foreign policy to them. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're sort of they go to parties. They're, they're they sort schmooze, of the voice. Yeah, they're sort of the voice for the lobbyists of that country. Yeah. Hey, give us our money. And there's somebody was talking about. In the testimony that uh, when the money was held up, Ukraine came to him and said, well, when do we get the money yeah. or our money? I'm like, what? Your Fuck you. Money. Now you get none. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'd like to hear. So, but, uh, and I don't, I, it was in all of this impeachment coverage that I watched. It, it was a passing sort of mention. So I, I can't remember what this scale is or how they do it, but they, they rate countries by like the most corrupt, whatever. And Ukraine was like third. Yeah. Third most corrupt country in the world. And, right. You know, I got to believe there's places way more corrupt than that, but still. It, it's not a good place. And all of this all of this uh, testimony brought out that a lot of people think the Ukraine's a really fucked up right. place. I mean, as far as – I'm not talking about living conditions or anything like that. Just how their government works. Yeah. 
the absolute state of the corruption is, is, I mean, when you think of like South America, a lot of the countries in South America, it's just a daily life. Everything's about, you know, graft and corruption and bribes. And well, who's the guy in Venezuela? What's his name? Uh, that's not, that's not Bolsonaro. No, I am. Maduro. Maduro. Yeah. So apparently, uh, Venezuela owns gold, like gold bars and stuff. And he's shipping them out of the country. <laughs> the he's, he's preparing. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, oh, let's ship these over there. He's preparing for like, when he's out of there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I wanted a quick uh, trans. I'm, uh, while we're still talking about the uh, uh, the hearing, I guess they're hearings, uh, impeachment hearings. Is that there? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I thought they were hearings to decide if they're going to impeach. Is that what that is? Anyways, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the whole thing about this whistleblower bullshit again is driving me crazy. It's like. Um, every time the Republicans would question somebody and he'd go, oh, 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 she would be like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, what, 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 what are you doing? He's like, well, um, this might, this line of questioning might lead to the, uh, um, to the, um, outing of the whistleblower. Yeah. Like, well, how the fuck would you know? Jim Jordan, did you hear what he said? He went after Schiff going, he goes, even though you say you don't know who the whistleblower is and none of us believe you. Yeah. He just, <laughs> yeah. I, love, I did love that. Well, yeah, Jim Jordan did a few things that made me laugh. I was like, oh, good, man. The Vinman, um, the Vinman testimony where Jordan was saying, and you Vinman know. was the lieutenant colonel or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she showed up. He showed up in uniform. Yeah. See, I heard all this. I didn't watch well, it. Well, and I think that's, I think that's standard practice. Okay. For a, you I was know, just wondering. That's, yeah. I didn't realize that until somebody mentioned it. So he, uh, Jordan was narrowing him down really well because the woman next to him, Williams, I think she was a State Department aide to Pence at the time. She was one of the people who brought this up, too. And Jim Jordan's like, who'd you talk to about this? She goes, nobody. And that's in her sworn testimony. And he said to Vinman, and I'm I'm in the ballpark of this, so uh, if I don't have this exactly right, um, Jordan said, who'd you talk to? And he says, well, I talked to so-and-so and so-and-so on my brother. And he goes, but here you say you had a meeting with other people in it. Who, who was in the meeting? He goes, well, I said this person. He goes, right. Who else? He goes, uh, and he goes, how many people are in that meeting? He goes, oh, well, like five or six. Like, so you're listing one. There's five or six in there. So Jordan narrowed him down really well to there's someone that was in that meeting that you can't, you aren't talking to. And he's like, well, I'm under advice. I'm taking the advice to counsel, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And that's where Schiff's like going, oh, no, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. And Jordan was just like, this is bullshit. You you talked to the whistleblower. We know you did. And we know, Schiff, that you know who it is. Right. And, yeah. It's it's pretty frustrating. This, the, it's just blatant what's going on here. It's just, it's just blatant fuckery. Yeah. And and it's so obvious that they don't even they, – they don't care. They know. Well, and everybody knows this Burisma company was right. – was, uh, um, it, it's it, corrupt. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, I wanted to say legit, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And I don't, I don't honestly think Trump was trying to go after Biden. I certainly think he was trying to find out if he got fucked with by the Ukraine in the right. 2016 election. And there's proof of that. I'm pretty sure he didn't mind going after Hunter Biden. And if that led to Joe, he was fine with that. But I, I honestly don't believe in watching any of this testimony, reading that transcript, that this was about going after Joe Biden. I also, fair's fair, don't think it was. He thought the Ukraine was so corrupt that he didn't want to give them money. I think, in general, he doesn't want to be giving company, countries money. Yeah, it's part of what he ran on. Is yeah, he just doesn't. spending money like an idiot. Yeah, stop giving uh, everybody America money. First. That was his, exactly. that was his, his, his stance, and he's sticking to it. And I don't know, the... The other thing that the media and the Democrats love to say is that uh, he 
they he wanted to have the Ukraine have Ukraine dig up dirt on Joe Biden. The fuck were that? You know where that came from? That was from Schiff's fucking made up little um, uh, testimony when he was sitting there reading what the the trans before the transcript was released. What, well, that was the, that's the other thing uh, fuck, Jordan did. He goes, oh. he goes, uh, yeah, you didn't think they were going to release a transcript, did you? Yeah. So, but but it's like, yeah, he wanted to wanted the Ukraine uh, president to dig up dirt on. No, no, no. He he wanted to root out corruption, not not make things up. See, when they say dig up dirt, well, no, even they even went so far as to say like fabricate something. You know, it's like they're not even saying that. No, he wanted to investigate for corruption. No, they wanted him to make up corruption against Joe Biden, and and, and that's the story they were sticking with for quite a while there. Just the fucking little fucking word games they play just drive me crazy. Yeah. Well, and. And uh, Schiff's whole thing about, um, uh, you know, that reading that bullshit thing. Hey, listen to me because I'm only going to say this yeah. three times. And I can't believe he can get away with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there should be some sort of um, – I don't know what the, what they what they do to congressmen, but censure, I don't know what it is. What well, the IG report is coming out soon. Um, and I think, I think Schiff's going to be in tremendous trouble. I – I don't know this for sure, but I, I just think so. Yeah. And, uh, well, it, it appears that they've found out that someone at the FBI, an attorney who's since been fired and was tied to Peter Strzok, which all of this points to Lisa Page, uh, changed emails and documents to make the Pfizer report make sense. Wow. Basically. And again, this is really intricate. I don't get all the ins and outs of this, and we're just getting pieces of it. But um, so I haven't done the homework I should do. But basically, it looks like they submitted this stuff, and now the IG is going back and saying, "Wait, the timeline doesn't match up." So somebody changed it. Yeah. Uh, that's fucked up. This is the FBI. Yeah, you can't trust them. I and mean, so, isn't that amazing? You can sit there and and think you can't trust the FBI to be nonpartisan. And it was just like maybe ten years ago where you wouldn't you, you wouldn't even consider that. Well, I've I've always thought in anything, whether it's the Pentagon, the FBI, the CIA, all of these all of these agencies, your rank and file members. I don't want to say they're above reproach, but I think they're good people doing good work. They, they want to go, you know, they want to do what the job tells them to do. Right, but when you get to like you know Joint Chiefs of Staff position directors of these agencies it it's through political maneuvering right. that you get there and that political maneuvering requires you to give up some of your integrity sometimes i believe and uh sort of sell off a piece of your soul a bit yeah and so it makes it makes those texts between page and struck where they're saying nope we you know he's he like a contingency plan we got a plan that, yeah. kind of thing i mean it just makes that look all the worse yeah somebody somebody's head needs to roll and more than one uh otherwise yeah all this stuff about people saying well we have to trust in the system if we don't trust in the system in the process then you know what do we have it's it's going to devolve into, into chaos and anarchy well that is i mean that if you don't trust the system you have and you think you're living in a fucking banana republic it's not good. Well, there are going to be heads on pikes here. We just don't know who's and. I want know. the ones that matter. Eh, that you're not going to get them. That's what pisses me off. Not going to get them. So. So. Well, let's uh, do a couple would you rather's here. All right. All right. Where did we leave off? 
Would you rather stand on an ant pile for five minutes or near a swarming beehive for an hour? Well, that one's... What kind of ants? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fire ants? No. Five minutes on a pile on an on a ant pile of fire ants for five minutes? It'll kill you. Yeah, that's deadly. Uh, near I'm not a, sure the bees wouldn't, well, too. Near a swarming beehive? How near? <laughs> and are, did, has someone, like, uh, hit it with a stick or something like that? Yeah, they're swarming around the beehive because a bear is over there. Okay, fine. I'll just stay away. I mean, if, you, if it's not hornets, if it's not wasps, and you're sort of holding still and they're just mad, you're but, probably going to be okay. Yeah. I got to go with the bees. Yep. <laughs> Would you rather spend the night in a dumpster or a porta potty? I think I'd rather spend the night in a porta potty. Yeah. Unless somebody comes up and like tips it while you're in it. <laughs> You've seen those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's not one of those big, nice handicap ones, it's nice and roomy. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. But dumpster, I don't want, you know, you don't know what you're sitting in, what, you know, what's going to be jabbing you, what kind of animals are going to be in there yeah. around with you. Ugh. That's creepy. That's no, scary. There's all kinds of things. Well, if it's the, if it's the porta potty at, you know, some out of the way park someplace, I don't want to be where all the people are going to hook up. So yeah, that might be, yeah, that's another, <laughs> another issue. So, but we're both still porta potty, right? Yeah. Just not together. Um, yeah. You got to read it. You can't make that face and not read it. Yeah, you're going to think it's dumb. I think a lot of these are dumb. Would you rather your crush see you pick your nose or hear you fart? Uh, Farting at least has a chance to be comical. I guess. I I mean, you can recover from that. Like, hey, somebody step on a duck. I mean, you can't. Yeah. Picking your nose. No. Uh, And then picking your nose. You're sitting there like, what am I going to do with this? (laughs) No, no. Farting. Come yeah, on. I, I don't know. Honestly, I think I'd rather see me pick my nose. Everybody does it. Everybody farts, too. That's true. <laughs> All right. You ever had those, an instance where you drop off a date? Like, and. Not for a very long time. Yeah. And <laughs> you have to, have to have been holding like a big old fart for the whole time. And like, you finally, you know, get back to the car or whatever and you let it rip and you're like, oh, thank God. And then you're like, oh, shit, what if she comes back to the car and forgot something? You're like looking around, did she? Did you get a purse? Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Am I just going to take off? And then you realize the window was down while she was walking up to her door. <laughs> she just looks at you like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to say for the record the reason I said I haven't had a date in a very long time is because I've been married for a while. Okay. <laughs> um, would you rather take cold showers the rest of your life or never get more than four hours of sleep at night ever again? Oh, it's a tough one. I I mean, I'm going to go with the sleep without thinking about it very much because I don't know if you could get by on. Yeah, I would. I would rather take cold showers. I read a study that said if you consistently get less than seven hours of sleep a night, you start shortening your lifespan pretty significantly. Yeah. Like it starts stacking up on you. I believe it. Yeah. So um, and I just remember, you know, when the kids were babies and they wake you up in the middle of the night, how just worn out you are. Mm-hmm. Even if you got, you know, eight hours of sleep, but it was broken up. Right. So, yeah, but then, and so that's my answer. But I did, I, I was standing in the shower today and it's getting cold here in Minnesota. And I was standing there and the water was nice and hot. And I thought, God, I just, I just want to stay in here. I don't yeah. want to leave. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if I had to take cold showers, I would just make sure I get like a, a heated blanket and have it plugged in and ready to. You step out of that shower or heat a towel or something. You just wrap it around yourself and you're like, ah, oh, just warm up for a bit. Do you ever, after like working out, take a cooler shower though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Feels good. 
I used to take hot showers after working out, and now I just – it's like maybe not even lukewarm. Well, then you get out of the shower and you're sweating immediately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it took me years to learn that. All right. All right. Uh, two more ridiculous things I want to talk about here. And this issue should be over, but it's not over. It will never be over. Um, but uh, another cabinet – this is from uh, Washington Times. Another Kavanaugh accuser – admits to fabricating rape story. So I'm just going to read this. Uh, One of Justice Kavanaugh's accusers admitted this week that she made up the lurid tale of backseat car rape, saying it was, quote, a tactic, unquote, to try and derail the judge's confirmation to the Supreme Court. Senator Charles Grassley of Iowa, chairman of the Judiciary Committee, revealed the fraud in a letter to the FBI and the Justice Department today, asking them to prosecute Judy Monroe Layton. For lying to and obstructing Congress. Mr. Grassley said Mrs. Monroe Layton. Can we can we ditch the two name thing? Yeah. Please. Can we just, just pick fucking one. decide? Ugh, it's driving me nuts. It's hyphenated bullshit. Now, what do you do with the people who have hyphenated names who marry somebody? And they don't want to. Just pick one. You're right. Jesus Christ. Um Said, uh, Mr. Grassley said, Ms. Monroe Layton is a left-wing activist who hijacked another Jane Doe anonymous report about a backseat uh, rape and claimed that her story and claimed it as her story by calling it a vicious assault. Quote, I'm Jane Doe from Oceanside, California. Kavanaugh raped me, unquote. Ms. Layton wrote in an October 3rd email claiming she had been the victim of the judge. Mr. Grassley's investigators tried to reach her for a month, but were unsuccessful until this week when they wrote her by phone and confessed that she was not the, uh, when they spoke to her by phone and she confessed she was not the original Jane Doe and, quote, did it as a way to grab attention, unquote. She admitted to the false allegation and said she actually never met Justice Kavanaugh. I was angry. And I sent it out, she told investigators. In short, during the committee's time-sensitive investigation of allegations against Judge Kavanaugh, Ms. Monroe Layton submitted a fabricated allegation uh, which diverted committee resources, Mr. Grassley wrote. When questioned by committee investigators, she admitted it was a ploy and a tactic. Uh, she, uh, Yeah, she was opposed to Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation. President Trump sees in the report Saturday calling her a vicious accuser. What's that, sir? What are you? Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my god! Stop fucking lying! Okay, yeah. So something really bad has to happen to this woman. You think it will? Yes, I do. Not as not as bad as it should. Right. Well, I mean, did you hear what uh, Christine Blasey Ford got uh, a Courage Award from the ACLU? Yeah, I know. And I mean, she, in her speech, she was talking about the vicious attacks and the well-financed uh, attack machine that was out to get her for fucking lying. Yeah, anytime she raises her head, yeah, because you open your mouth and you fucking lie. That's why people it doesn't have to be well-financed. How dare you? People can't stand your shit. <laughs> you just <laughs> Rister just gave me the credit. Thornburg is very good at it too. You sure you're not related? I think if you look did a genealogy, you find out you're related to her. I, I do have a lot of Scandinavian yeah, ancestry. Yeah, yeah. I think you would. Oh, you know, uh, by, by the way, um, I told you before that I took one of those ancestry things. Yeah. 
Um, it's all German. No, and I found out that I was, I was like 16% Swedish. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I think it's all German, you freaking Nazi. Well, guess what? <laughs> yeah. They came back again. They go, oh, we revised. We currently, we're always revising our data. They revised it. Completely different <laughs> genealogy this time. It's like 6% Swedish. <sighs> and it was like, uh, it, it was, compl- I was like, then why take these fucking things if they're going to be changing all the time? I don't know. I wasn't impressed. How much of it was from the Congo? <laughs> I think 0.1%. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Blase Ford, another hyphenated name. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm sorry if that offends people with hyphenated names, some of whom are my friends. Here's what I'll have to say. Pick one. Yeah. Come on. Uh, anyway, she she's playing the victim in this whole thing again. The, oh my God! The attack machines after okay, me. Here's what here's what she said when in in front of uh, this is from the blaze. So she told this to the adoring crowd. When I came forward last September, I did not feel courageous. I was simply doing my duty as a citizen, providing information to the Senate that I believed would be relevant to the Supreme Court nomination process. Really, I thought really a bad impression. In my position. Of course, would do the same thing, cause indelible in my hippocampus. It said so. <laughs> that's just what I was waiting to get to. She didn't uh, say that, by the way, in this in this little speech. But it's one of the dumber things I've heard someone say. That indelible in my hippocampus was the laughter. <laughs> the laughter. Yeah, I don't know. I these people in the their whole um, their whole victimhood thing. It like it doesn't bother her that she knowingly lied about this. Now, you can say she, no, it, we have to believe all victims. Let's not start down that track. No. Because there are tons of victims that the Democrats don't want to believe, like the two that were forcibly raped by the uh, um, uh, lieutenant governor of Virginia. Yeah. You know, which he says, no, it was consensual. And yeah. you know what? They probably even liked it. Mm. I mean, just they don't want to listen to them. No. So, and uh, let's not even bring up the whole, let's not, well, I'm bringing it up, but let's not start. In on the Duke lacrosse thing. Right. I mean, that chick just made that stuff up. Yeah. Ru- so, ruined those guys' lives. Yeah. So, I mean, there has to be, there have to be serious consequences for people like, who do this stuff. And here the ACLU is just talking about what a hero she is. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, and that, by the way, that word gets used too much. Hero? Hero? Yeah. Yeah. No. Sorry. Anyway. Um, okay. The other one is... University of Syracuse. Uh, Matt Christensen did just did a great video on this. It's worth checking out. Um, but I, I started reading this to Crow beforehand. He was getting all worked up, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read from this again. So basically, uh, this is from the USA Today, which means it was stolen from somewhere else, but. Uh, Syracuse Police Department made an arrest after a series of new graffiti markings were discovered on school grounds, authorities said Thursday. The announcement came hours after Syracuse Chancellor Kevin Siverud uh, agreed to the demands of students protesting universities' handling of a two-week run of almost daily racist anti-Semitic incidents that have prompted tension on the campus 250 miles north of New York City. Kim McGowan, 18, was arrested on charges of fourth degree to pay attention because this is fun. Fourth-degree criminal mischief and marking graffiti, both misdemeanors, police said. She was released on on an appearance ticket. 
City police said that McGowan was connected to four incidents of graffiti in and around the garage at the school's library. That graffiti, however, appeared to be supporting the anti-racism protesters. So she was like, uh, you know, she was the one doing the kill the Nazis stuff. Yeah. Um, it was not immediately clear whether the arrest was related to any of the prior incidents. Earlier Thursday, uh, Severud relented after uh, a campus forum Wednesday night devolved into an angry walkout when Severud balked at signing off on the 19 demands. More than 100 students then marched into his residence chanting, sign or resign, and other slogans. They love their slogans. I know. i got to scroll past the ad here. Uh, Severud's announcement uh, said that he would immediately accept 16 demands and would work with the students to iron out minor legal details with three others championed by hashtag not us SU, not again SU protesters. So he didn't totally capitulate. He just mostly capitulated. Yeah, just mostly. In response to real concerns uh, raised by members of our community, it's another word that has to go away, by the way. Mm-hmm. The leadership team and I have worked in good faith to support the thoughtful, forward-thinking, and constructive solutions offered by many of our students, Severud said in a statement Thursday. Uh, Not Again SU has been conducting sit-ins and other protests for more than a week. Among their wide-ranging demands after the expulsion of all <laughs> are the expulsion of all students involved in racist incidents, housing options for students to live in multicultural living communities, which is n- not exactly what they want to be able to pick the race, uh, the same they race. They want to segregate. They want, yeah, they basically want to pick the same yeah. race person to be with. And so are they talking about kicking out the uh, people that talk shit and say whites are evil monsters that cause war? And No, because that's true. Okay, so that's, that's the exception. Yeah. Okay. Mandatory diversity training for faculty and more counselors representing marginalized minorities. At least a dozen incidents of graffiti, racist heckling, and other issues have been reported on campus since uh, November 7th on the private 2200 student university. Security has tightened across the campus Tuesday for white supremacist manifesto that was uh, posted to the campus forum, prompting fears from students that a mass shooting would erupt. Do you know what that was? Somebody airdropped the uh, New Zealand shooter manifesto. Oh. It just looked like they were trolling him. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. One of the incidents in this, apparently, according to the video Matt did, was um, someone yelled a racial slur at someone, a student of color, walking past from a dorm window. Yet there are no witnesses, despite the fact that 600 people live in that dorm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I guess, sorry, i got to scroll back up here. So if you were to say, like, let's send all white people to space to colonize outer space. That's never happened. That's not roll. Okay, so they that wouldn't be they wouldn't be charged and expelled for for hate speech. No. Yeah. Just just wonder. Because that's just in an argumentation class, and argumentation. Uh, you know it's just it's just throwing an idea out there. Okay. Governor Andrew. Absolutely. Yeah. Governor Andrew Cuomo criticized Severud's handling of the disturbing incidents. He criticized them because he didn't capitulate right away, and called on the university's board of trustees to bring an experienced monitor to oversee the crisis. They have not handled. Uh, they have not been handled in a manner that reflects this state's aggressive opposition to such odious, reckless, and reprehensible behavior, Cuomo said Tuesday. Despite his efforts, I do not believe Chancellor Severud has handled this matter in a way that instills confidence. Yeah, because he's a wishy-washy, milk-toast, spineless piece of shit. Did um, he cry? Probably. Yeah. Like the evergreen guy? <laughs> Jesus, you whiny little bitch. The school's leadership countered Cuomo with an 11-page... 
uh, chart, an 11 page chart detailing how its administration has responded to each incident. Well, here's my pie chart showing you how I'm not a spineless wuss. <laughs> the most recent incident was reported Wednesday when a campus police said they were working with Syracuse City Police, State Police, and FBI to investigate the email threat containing anti Semitic language against a faculty member. Campus police have responded in recent days by increasing car and walking patrols and stationing marked, uh, stationing marked vehicles strategically around campus. Um, as we undertake this important work, we face real challenges here and we operate in a fraught national climate, Severud said Wednesday. I ask all who are orange, that's because that's Syracuse's school oh, name. not Orange Man Bad. No. Okay. Uh, to reaffirm our values at this university, I just thought they're probably going to protest and say we have to change Syracuse's colors now. Yeah. Um, our values of inclusion, openness to learning from others. <laughs> oh, there's some irony for you. And responsibility as citizens to care for each other and our whole community. So in Matt's video, one of the things that was funny is there's a there's a woman who stands up there and she's yelling, just screaming, I can't sleep. I, you know, I wake up crying. I'm crying like this all the time. I wake my roommate up and I'm crying. I'm like, your roommate's got to love you. Oh. You know, just cry in your own silence. Mm-hmm. You silently cry, you know. Anyway, she uh, she said, you know, the school has made it so she can't sleep now. And then this other guy gets up there and he goes, I call my mom crying every night. And I tell her, I can't, I don't feel right here and I don't fit in. And he goes, no, my mom had a stroke. She had a motherfucking stroke because of this whole thing. <laughs> and Matt goes, did like the, the, uh, you know, whatever stormtroopers from Syracuse kick in your door and, you know, grab you and make you sign up at Syracuse? Fucking leave. Yeah. You can go. Yeah, it's not your home, for one. That's another thing about the earlier protests when they were cornering professors out in the yard. It's a couple of years ago when they were like uh, telling them to shut the fuck up. And like, you can't believe the way they were talking to these professors. Like, immediately you should be uh, suspended or expelled from a school for disrespecting just that blatantly. But they're like, this is our home. We started to feel safe here. It's not your fucking home. Well, uh, you know, I'll say this. When I went to college and I was living there, I thought of it as my home. But I, you know, that was my dorm, not like the entire campus. Right. You know, and you run into people in life who say things you disagree with. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, this racist graffiti is is not good. But, I mean, there have been so many. Most of it's hoaxed. So many examples of, you know, hoax yeah, stuff. Most of it's hoaxed. That I just. Well, this so, this whole, a, a, again, yeah. this white supremacist manifesto was the New Zealand shooters manifesto being airdropped to people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So people just don't want to hear. They just want to have something to be aggrieved about and complain, yell, and scream. So I, I will say this. Two episodes ago, I said, I don't think this kind of stuff is happening in most college campuses. And then if I wasn't clear about it after the last episode we did... I think it's, I think it's most of them. Yeah, I don't want to say all, but I don't want to stop at like ninety percent. It just well, seems to me it's, it's like crazy. it's like an it's like an it's an infiltration. It's a infestation. Basically, what happens with when SJWs get a, a foothold somewhere, they just spread. They bring more into the fold. They figure out how to how to push out people that aren't. Um, aren't their allies you know and and they they're really good at it like organizing and kind of spreading like a cancer but then they focus on people who sort of should be their allies 
and cast them out and say, well, I know we come to this meeting, we all agree the same things, but you're white. So yeah. or they or they terrify people and make people, you know, step in line for just fear of their brunt or the, you know, the being the the focal point of their just, you know, their ridiculous rage. Yeah. Their their lunacy. Well, it's just like we talked about, you know, what was it, two years ago, the Philando Castile shooting mm -hmm. here in Minneapolis. So he got shot by a, I believe, Hispanic cop. Right. With a lesbian Native American police chief and a white female liberal mayor. And so the cop gets dismissed. The chief of police resigns. And uh, so there's all these protesters that come into Betsy Hodges, the mayor's uh, press conference, and start yelling and screaming at her. And the look on her face was, I'm on your side. Yeah. And it's like – I'm. You don't realize they come for you too. I'm part of the intersection intersectionality Olympics. I'm part of this. I'm an ally. Yeah. You know? No, you're not. Yeah, it's amazing. That's just how it is. So, and this is how it's going to be, and we're going to see more of this stuff. Until and, yeah, until people stand up and go, enough with the bullshit already. Yeah. No, and uh, no, uh, mostly capitulating. <laughs> how about no capitulation? Yeah. Zero. You have to do what the University of Chicago did, and then just said, "This is nonsense. We're not doing it." Yeah. It's easy, and it'll be over quick. Trust me. Yeah, you're not. You're not gonna. Uh, you get. And here's another thing. You get a couple of students saying, "Fuck you! I'm gonna fuck this place up." There you go. Okay, good. Get out. Here's a. Here's a. a um, here are your walking papers. Here's your walking papers. Not only that, here is a restraining order. You come on on, on the campus, you're going to jail. Yeah. Have that happen like two times. Get your shit. It'll and go. stop. It will stop it from yeah. happening. Exactly. So yeah. But, but we're in for more of it. It's we are. just gonna keep coming. Yeah. A lot so. of cowardice out there. Yeah. So I feel like we should end on some sort of positive note. Do you have a do you have something positive? I got lots of stuff positive that got oh, nothing uh, to do with this. How about um I've been talking a lot of shit about Star Wars when uh when all the Star Wars movies came out and how shitty they are and how uh, Ray, the new character, is a Mary Sue, all that kind of stuff. Well they just came out with the uh, Mandalorian, Mandalorian and everybody's raving about how good this show is. It's on the Disney what Disney Prime is or what is it? Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Do you so, get that with Prime? No, you have to pay separate for it. Yeah, it's seven so, bucks. But isn't it? Uh, but I guess this is a, a TV series um, about a bounty hunter, and it's like a Boba Fett style kind of character. Yeah, it's set for like six years after Return of the yeah, Jedi, and everybody's saying it's great. And it's, I think John Favreau is the producer of it, right? Yeah. So they're saying like Kathleen Kennedy might be out, and Favreau might be in for the for the for Star Wars, like the big movies, because of the success of Mandalorian. So that's good news, right? I guess. If you're a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, I guess. All right. I tried. I, I tried, just, damn it. I just hate that these things are on streaming services. I mean, I get I get yeah. it. Disney's got a right to make money. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm not complaining about that. Just the part that sucks about it to me is not the seven bucks. It's the – it's how many freaking subscriptions do I have to have to watch yeah, TV? Yeah, it just makes it more tedious. I mean, you can you can handle it, right? Yeah. But it's just, it's just tedious. It would be nice just to put it together in one and – like it used to be, like Netflix for a while there. Back in our day. Back in our day. <laughs> All right. If you want to get a hold of us, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And we're on uh, Facebook and breadandcircuses.com. Make sure to like, share, and all of that stuff. See you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>